0: honey honey there's a hot topic oh god damn it P- pull the fucking car over i gotta buy some fucking drip pants <laughs> that's fading that's your cute one. we're ready to come back at you Coming down at you like the ash and the smoke. It's the fifth, sixth, seventh. Maybe it's the eighth day in July. It doesn't matter. This is the March and Miss show featuring Celine. We've got enough fireworks in the form of a podcast for you to keep your eyes lit up for days. We've got facts. We've got f- facts. <laughs> We've got more facts. We've got music, information. We've got feels. I think we have more fun than facts. Lots of fun. We've
1: got a couple facts.
0: We have facts. F- well, I think f-u-n- we have more, f- more fun yeah. we have yeah. more fun than facts I'm not talking about indie rock band fronted by Nate Ruiz this is actual fun this is a verb <laughs> happening in place what do we call a verb that's happening in the act again Mitchell and a verb that's happening in
2: place yes it's, it's describing word and adjective
0: no it's it's a verb that's happening like right in the now like like as it's happening that is a verb
1: pa- present tense
0: that The verb is what you do. <laughs> yes. They wrote a whole book about reptilians. Let's boost it at 100% kilohertz and cut 1000% filohertz. It's Mitchell Herring on the ones and twos. They've broken more gender barriers. Then uh, Lance Armstrong has broken records in recent memory. Let's give it up for Celine Sanders Pond. What's up? I'm I'm a disenfranchised emo prince lost somewhere between a slumbering weld of facts, knowledge, and information constantly in a crisis of knowing who am I, who am I not, and all that I do know is... I'm here to do this podcast. Let's get the ball rolling. But first, let's have a segment caught up to bring up some loose ends uh, to a closure with uh, Celine right here. Celine, will you do us the honors?
1: Yeah, thanks, Alex. Um, So last week we talked about felony disenfranchisement, um, which to remind everybody that's when, if you, in certain states, if you commit certain types of felonies, you can lose your right to vote, either for a time or in some states forever. Um so one thing that we talked about is what can your average joe, joe do? Like what can the three of us do? What can our listeners do to, you know, support uh inmates and former inmates having the right to vote? And so I just wanted to go into that really quickly here cuz I do think that's a really important topic. Um, so I'll I'll level with you guys, unfortunately, there's not a lot of super active initiatives at the moment. Um this is kind of something that's happening behind closed doors um and, you know, in in legislative sessions. But I would definitely say that there are some concrete things that we can do. Um, The first I would say is educate yourself. Like, we covered some good information last week, but there's always more details. There's always more personal accounts. So if you don't know a lot about the issue, start by just reading more about it. Like, learn what's going on in your state and what your state's rules are. Um, I would say the other huge thing that you can do is tell your friends, like, you know, not everybody knows that this is an issue. Not everybody knows it's an issue in their state. And so tell your friends about this, especially I would say when some, when your friend says, well, the way we change things is by everybody needs to vote. Remind them that not everybody can vote. You know, that's an important part of this conversation about how we make policy change. Um, and then finally, I would say support any initiatives that you see on the ballot Um, are here being talked about in legislative sessions that relate to giving inmates the right to vote um, and support projects like the Innocence Project, the ACLU and the Prison Policy Institute all of those organizations as well as many others are doing a lot of great work to give rights to inmates and former inmates. So just kind of wanted to cover that. Educate yourself, educate your friends and support initiatives when you see them.
0: Thank you very much, Celine, who taught debate with the Toastmasters Club. Uh, at the local prison. And uh, Celine, can you give us those uh, those websites one more time so that our, our listeners and fans can check it out?
1: Yeah, check out the Innocence Project, which does a lot of really great work. They're kind of best known for uh, freeing people who were uh, innocent but convicted. Um, the ACLU is another really great organization that supports everybody having access to free speech and voting rights. Is that the website? What's the website? Well, uh, InnocenceProject.org, ACLU.org, and okay. I don't know the, the website's off the top of my head, but oh. these are these are all very accessible organizations. Thank you for naming yeah. the
0: causes for me. There we go.
1: And cool, Prison cool. Policy Institute is the one that I took a lot of. Uh, the other one I took a lot of research from.
0: Celine, thank you so much for getting all these loose ends tied up on our topic last week with the incarceration of inmates and how it affects uh, voting in the United States of America. We are coming at you live from Salem, Kaiser, and it's the March and Mitch show featuring Celine. We are all so grateful to all of our friends, family, fans, and listeners for always supporting the show. Uh, we're coming up uh, on several, several. Uh, Mitchell, how many podcasts have we done now? It's crazy to think how time flies. This is number 12. This is the That's 12th wild. one. Yeah, 12, 12 episodes,
2: 13 weeks. Get wrecked, fam.
0: Get wrecked, fam. That's R-E-K-T, baby. Let's get her going. Full steam ahead. We're going to hit you up now with our segment, The Artist of the Week. (laughs) Artist, (laughs) Artist Artist of the Week. (laughs) Let's get this email, Brett. Featured on tours with several artists I've covered in the past. Everyone from Free Throw to uh, Youth Fountain coming at you from Hopeless Records. The Artist of the Week is Kayak Jones. It was my inspiration to cover Kayak Jones as our Artist of the Week, as me, Celine, and Mitchell were all frolicking about the Willamette Valley, hanging out in our friend Subaru, On our way to, you know, dip our parts into some ice cold river water, (laughs) and they couldn't stop talking about kayaking. And I'm like, oh hey, kayaking—that's like a thing people do. Wow, when like you leave your house, actually, like oh my god. And apparently, you can just you can just blow these things up—they're inflatable Uh now. Mitchell, is that correct?
2: Yeah, this is right. I uh, went and got myself an inflatable, and they uh, had one, and and so I was like, I want one of those. And. And now we have inflatable kayaks with uh, $5 ore pieces and I'm going to
0: go float in the river now. We need to take, like, a, like an adorable family photo of you guys in the freaking, like, kayaks and then, like, With please. With child size, adult-sized uh,
2: life vests that are, <laughs> right. uh, they're adult size, but they look like they'd fit a five-year-old. <laughs> they would only keep my lifeless dead body for, uh, above my uh, my head. It would only keep my head above water. Everything, well, that's the
1: only thing you need above water. Yeah,
2: I guess. Like, you know, if I, like, get severed at the spine and just floating downriver, you know, at least I can breathe.
0: But, you know, I'll be paralyzed for life. Paralyzed. You're going to be paralyzed with emotions when you listen to Kayak Jones's music. <laughs> Their heartfelt mix of emo, math rock, and indie alternative uh, brings about confessional lyrics, uh, topics mm-hmm. about mental health, uh, self-reliance, reliance on others, including friends and family and partners. The power of friendship. I, and the power of friendship, you can never go wrong with the power of friendship. Whenever you're playing in punk rock and emo music, the, the power of friendship is always there. It is holy. We're gonna have you listen to this track and we'll be right back to talk to you more about Kayak Jones and how their music is relatable in today's COVID-19 world. This is Lonely Codependent by Kayak Jones. Thank you so much for joining us. That is Lonely Codependent by Kayak Jones. It is such a pleasure to feature their music this week as our artist of the week, Kayak Jones. Uh, Lots of fun emo entertainment, math rock riffs, good rhythms. But most importantly, their lyrics are confessional to a point that I find not only relatable, but uh, just almost synonymous with how a lot of people may feel in today's uh, world. I will now recite just the first couple stanzas from their song, Lonely Codependent. The cracks along the floor, they don't let light in anymore. You used to fall asleep with the desk clamp on during the calm of the rainstorm. Well, my head's a mess, but you wouldn't know that. You can never take a step back. You can never catch a breath. And now all I am is warmth for your bed. All I am is half the rent. Maybe all we are is lonely codependent. These lyrics to me, especially being at the time a very independent, uh, lone wolf kind of a person, I, just really cut me to my core because I realized, you know, how human beings at the end of the day, we are also can either be really reliant on each other, or we can really not be reliant on one another. I've had every kind of relationship possible from doing the whole, you know, uh girlfriend and pets in my house to just being, you know, bachelor pads, straight up single, single as you can get to, you know, having all kinds of friendships and just kind of living that whole party life. And I kind of realized, especially nowadays in a COVID-19 world, are people becoming more antisocial or are we becoming uh, more dependent? Before I go around the horn and talk to my friends, Mitchell and Celine here, I will uh, recite the last Twitter post by the gang at Kayak Jones. This is from uh, July 6th. Which was not too long ago. And it says, Hello, I hope you're having a good day. I'm not, but it's okay. <laughs> we all have bad days. The world is weird, tough, and seemingly harder to pilot more now than ever. And you're not alone in thinking that. Just want you to know you're cared for. Tell someone you love them today, okay? I love you, Mitchell. I love you, Celine.
1: Love you, Alex. Love you Nature gang. You're okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go around the horn though. Uh, Celine, how do you feel like um, this This whole, with, with your, your reliance on friendships, relationships, mm-hmm. people, friends, family, do you feel like it's it's fluctuated a lot since uh, COVID happened?
1: Maybe a little bit. I mean, that song, that's a song that would've hit me hard, you know, way pre COVID. I'm, I'm super stoked that we're getting back to our, our sad emo kid roots here with this <laughs> song. Um, Yeah, that line. That's uh, maybe all I am is warmth for your bed. Maybe all I am is half the rent. That that really hit me. You know, having had relationships like that, where it just gets to this point where you're just, you know, you're you're just there with that person because it's it's easy and it's better being than than being alone. So
0: so you a year ago would digest the song differently than now, definitely, or two years ago.
1: Maybe a little bit. I I think that I probably would have related to it um, even more potently, like if I were. You know, in the throes of a relationship like that, at, at this moment. Understood. Yeah, now it's it's interesting hearing it and kind of looking back and saying, like, man, that's that's not a fun fun place to be, but those emotions are so potent and real.
0: Understood. Thank you for walking us through your emotional context, Mitchell. You're you're the you're the the freaking man of the house. You got the freaking you got the guts. This guy has the balls. He's got freaking more hits than Travis Barker. <laughs> <laughs> And he be smashing that thing until the freaking sticks break, but but on an emotional level, are you okay or how's your mental health?
2: Ah, I was gonna say, I'm I'm good. Uh, I mean, that song I feel like really hits you like a Friday night Taco Bell run wet fart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just can't ignore it no matter where you are in the room. So you know, it's uh, it's got a it's got a it's got a powerful punch, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people relate to that. I mean, I definitely do. I understand the half the rent warm body scenario and you know there's it's a there's a lot of complicated emotions that go into relationships and i don't know kayak jones on a personal level but it sounds like that they've got a pretty substantial idea of what it's like to to be with someone or be in a relationship that is got um what's the, what's the word they've got a relationship that is on its way out, I think would probably be the best way to phrase that. You know, things that are feel like forever but aren't meant to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Gave oh, me a lot of uh, gratitude, though, that that's not the situation I'm in currently.
0: It's not? Perspective is good like that.
1: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Whatever.
0: They say you should always count your blessings and be thankful for what you have and be thankful for what you do. Life's not always about, you know, the haves and the have-nots. You know, um, I had talked to a friend the other day and uh, I, I play music with the guy all the time. And he, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm the, I'm the weird motherfucker who cares way too much about his friends. And I'm like, hey, go, did you text your dad for Father's Day? Did you mm-hmm. text your mom for Mother's Day? You oh, know, cause I'm- You
1: care so much okay. about your I'm friends you emailed my dad I'm for the, Father's Day. I'm the
0: aggressively <laughs> friend, friendly friend cause I'm just weird like that. And I remember like hit my buddy up, uh, my friend Cade and I talked to Cade. I'm like, oh, actually I never I never met my dad. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I never knew my dad. He, he like bailed as soon as uh, my mom was with child. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. You know what I mean? And like, that like kind of made me think like when you look at the haves and the have nots, like with certain people, it's like, would you rather have a dad or would you rather have the? Would you rather not have a dad? Like, would you rather not have a dad or have the dad? But the dad's an abusive asshole. Mm. So it's like, life's well, not always about the haves and the have nots. You know what I mean? Well, at the end of the day. So when you, when you I have, have words, <laughs> yes, yes. Do you want to elaborate or, or too, too much? Too no, ma- no, no. I mean, I was too just, much uh, sauce. Uh, well, like, good. I, I think I have a unique situation
2: when it comes to my dad, because uh, for the majority of mm-hmm. my childhood, my dad was not around. Um, and then like he was like when I was like a baby because we were living with my grandparents, which were his parents. And so like he's around for that. And then like as soon as I was like cognitive, pretty much like he was not around. And then so like later, okay. later in life was I was a young adult, I was, like a young adult, 26. When
0: was the last time you seen him?
2: I was like uh, 26, I think, and yeah, and no, so I was like, yeah, I hadn't really seen him. Like, I he may have come to like a my 21st birthday, maybe I think he came to that once, uh, which is weird. And I'd always kind of like idolized. My dad, because uh, like, you know, did I tell you guys a story like where? I know I told you, Celine, but uh, my dad like went out into the woods for like six mm-hmm. months with his dog and lived.
0: Brief, Briefly. Can you yeah. can you elaborate? Can you elaborate? There's not a ton to elaborate
2: on. The, the man thought the world was ending and he's got the life skills to support that sort of that life. And so he was like, fuck this shit. I'm out. And disappeared. Uh, there's more to the story, but long story short, just disappeared into the woods, expecting the world to end and just survived in the woods for six months alone with his dog. And, you know, you, you see that show alone and shit uh, and they're like day 42. And it's like, I don't know if I can. T- oh, so I miss my family. And they're just like, you know, <laughs> they're just freaking out. At, and I just like and I just put like the clock up and go like six months. Y'all fucking suck.
0: Dang. <laughs> yeah. Cause Mitch, like Mr. Mitchell's dad lived off the land with nothing but willpower and, and, a, and a friendly dog to keep him company.
2: Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, to to continue my story forward. Um, we hung out for a little bit after at 26 and he had made a comment to me that like really fucked me up. And he was like, you know, I don't really feel like your dad. He's like, I feel like, you know, like we're going to be friends. And I was just like, oh man, okay, well that stings in a way I wasn't ready for. And so, uh, my experience was like, yeah, you know, I had him around at a child and then he was not there and then he was there and then like, Realize that he was not
0: there by pretty much choice. So kind of like, was that what you what you would call like a, like a late in the game foul kind of something?
2: I guess I don't know. I just say like you know, like you, you pose a question like, would you rather yeah. have, would you rather be there and be an asshole or not there at all? Or like, what if he was there and not an asshole but made the made the choice regardless? So like, he's a nice guy, like the man. Gotcha. He's super fucking nice. Don't even get me wrong. But but still to be you know neglected by choice is a is a powerful sting.
0: Gotcha. That is that is that is yeah. really raw. That's 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 almost as raw and confessional as the music we're talking about this week. Mitchell, thank you so much for opening up. This is guys. This is like a really big big step. Seriously, when when we hear Mitchell open up about and talk to us, like seriously, this is freaking cool. Like I said, Not a big deal. He's, he's
2: like, I don't have any hard feelings. It's just it's just a weird feeling to have to like process that as an adult mm-hmm. and be like, wow, I'm, I was not the chosen one. <laughs> it's,
0: it's okay and it's yeah, all know. right because if I could meet the guy, I would I would seriously be like, Mitchell is one of the yeah. like most unknown. Knowingly strong brave I would not say poster boy for courage but definitely up there as far as being someone who is tough reliable and able to help in ways that are subtle but only only when you think you need them it's kind of like I have one friend named Tim I like to call him kind of like the mean older brother that you kind of need Mitchell's more of like Mitchell's more of like the brother that's like like on on my shit, but we're we're kind of like it's kind of like we're talking about. There's the main character in the show, and then there's like the not also the main character, but the rival. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the Ron Weasley. The Ron Weasley. Yes. Right. It's like it's like I'm Harry Potter, and then he's also Harry Potter, and then we. <laughs> no, I'm definitely a back. No. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm Aragon. Then yeah. he's then that's wow. Luke's, Celine is Luke Skywalker, and then and then Mitchell is definitely Harry Potter slash Luke slash Aragon. I mean, you can't just be mixing fucking...
1: Fuck, <laughs> you got magic, you yeah. got lightsabers, and you got dragons. But he
0: really just wants to be Goku, am I right? <laughs> am I right? right? Oh, man. To conclude our artists of the Week, um, please check out the album You Swear It's Getting Better Every Day by Kayak Jones. Uh, please check them out online. Uh, they are from Iowa. Check out their band camp. Any merchandise, I'm sure, uh, purchased online really helps the band out. Uh, I will probably do my best to see them Anytime soon, check out their music video uh, for Matter and for Noseblunt, as well as Lonely Codependent on YouTube. Uh, If you're the kind of person that smokes cigarettes and drinks whiskey late at night, this is probably the band for you. Thank you so much for our cast and crew members uh, for opening up about their stories relating to uh, the post-COVID-19 world, their families. I told you we had feels on this show, and I bet you, you know what? It doesn't stop there. But for the meantime, let's learn more about what's going on in our world, be it current events, social justice, and the ever-growing social climate we live in today. I'm gonna pass the football over to my cool friend. Who's that cool guy over there? Who's that cool who's that cool guy over there?
1: What's that? It's
0: me. Hey, let's give the football to Selene santa's Pond where they're gonna talk about
1: let's get it. The quarantine blues. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a banging segue into to my piece for tonight, because my piece is going to be on how has the COVID quarantine and just the COVID state of the world impacted people's mental health? Um, so just some quick stats here, depending on what study um, or survey you're looking at and when you're looking at it, um, anywhere between 45 and 55 of Americans are reporting a dip of some level in their mental health since COVID began. So, you know, let's let's Believe average it. it. Let's say a solid 50% of Americans are experiencing some type of mental turmoil due to everything going on. Um, and it's interesting. <laughs> so
2: I wonder what that's about.
1: Yeah, I don't know, I can't, can't pin Where? it down.
2: Where are you getting these numbers from? I feel like you're you're bloating them.
1: Um, they're from a few different studies. Uh, the 45% figure was, oh, uh, and I, I'm such an idiot, I forgot to jot that down. Um, I will look up the foundation that that's from, but a lot of this information is from the CDC. Mm. And various, um, you know, studies ho- hosted by universities.
2: Okay.
1: Um, and it's the so it's reason it's not I coming said, from
2: Buzzfeed's what you're saying, right? Okay. It's, it, I pe- think that's important to clarify. People who know things have yeah.
1: have said de- said this and done this research. And keep in mind, it's all survey scores, so right. it's it's all self reported. Right. So it also depends on. You know, if, if somebody's too, but at least it's too credible, tough and right? macho yeah. to say that their mental health has declined, or if they. But
2: the source is credible. Yes, is, is credible sources, yeah. yeah. Versus, yeah, BuzzFeed articles. Yeah. Exactly. 99% of America are depressed. Doctors, Doctors <laughs> hate him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find out more tonight. Check
1: out this listicle of yeah. reasons you might have depression. What's your,
2: yeah, what's your sign? Because you might <laughs> right. be depressed. Take this
1: quiz of uh, putting pizza toppings on to figure out what mental health disorder you have because of COVID.
2: Yeah, we don't do that here.
1: Um, But one interesting stat that I saw is that um, for people who are currently sheltering in place, so people who have chosen to follow the shelter in place orders rather than let COVID change their lifestyle, people who are sheltering in place are about 10 percentage points more likely to be experiencing some type of mental turmoil.
2: You mean people who are... You know, staying home and doing the right thing,
1: exactly the good people, yeah. Um, yeah, so like us, we've all been pretty well sheltering in place, we haven't gone out unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. And so, people like us are experiencing a decline in mental health at around 47%, compared to 37% of the general population who Mm -hmm. are not of the general population, but of people who are not sheltering in place. Mm -hmm. So, I thought that was really interesting learning that the people who are actually following things are much more impacted by this. And that makes sense because it increases the loneliness and isolation.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But, you know, obviously 50% of America is feeling this. So it's not even pinned down just the people following quarantine structure.
2: Yeah, a lot of sadness going on.
1: Yeah. So we're seeing this um, manifest in a lot of different ways. Um, People with existing mental health disorders have seen those be exacerbated. So people who have historically experienced anxiety or depression, a lot of those people, PTSD is another one that's been really hard hit by this. Oh, shit. Those yeah. of us with mental health issues that happened way before COVID, like myself, are, experience, are more likely to experience an additional decline in mental health. Um, we're also, just based on this particular circumstance of quarantine, we are really all very likely to experience some kind of odd things that we might not expect, like memory loss because we're all kind of operating under a state of fight or flight and so our brains are just, you know, kind of randomly having to filter out incoming information and try to somehow stack that in prioritization compared to all of the bullshit that's going on. Celine,
0: when you say fight or flight, uh, can you could you help elaborate to help me understand better? Oh, you know,
1: in and out animal
0: style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love me sending out, but on, on an emotional menu, <laughs> how, do you, how would you, how would you sell that to me? What do you mean? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, fight fight. So We're talking like, like paying your rent or else you're going to die and be homeless. Or well, like, if, I, yeah. if I point a gun at your head, are you yes. going to fight me? Or are you going to run? Fight or fight. I know how to pick my battles. Okay. That's, the <laughs> take, fight or, that's the fight or flight response. The, the correct answer is take your dick out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But anyways, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. See, that
2: would be that would be technically a fight emotion because you're uh, you're standing up. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a that's a fight. That's a fight. Doing mentality. something
1: to assert your dominance it may be
2: sexually assaulting someone in return, but <laughs> Maybe it's don't also do that, yeah. But. No, uh, but again, at the same time, you know, don't threaten me with a good time. So.
1: But yeah, so fight or flight. Understood. Of referring to the the fact that whenever we're confronted with something that we think threatens our. Uh, You know, basically threatens our fundamental self-preservation instincts.
2: Right, like mentally Jesus Christ things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Things where your brain just has to react in that split second based off of instinct. So all of us, because we're all threatened by this massive existential crisis, which is, you know, at, at the best case scenario, all of our lives are, you know, massively inconvenienced and nothing looks the same. Worst case scenario, people are dying. And so we're having to deal with this massive, you know, cultural trauma. Mm. And when our brain is in this place of trying to filter out all of this incoming information, it's really hard to remember little details. So like I was reading stories of people, um, you know, who who just do goofball things like putting conditioner on their face when they're in the shower. Um, You know, (laughs) I I saw one person who put her change of clothes for, um, for after something. She put those in her fridge instead of her lunch. Like things like that, where it's just weird, absent-minded things. A lot of people are experiencing that. Another really big one is weird dreams. A lot of people are having more more oh, weird yeah. and more vivid. Have you experienced that? Bo-
0: both of your last statements I relate to heavily. Really? Please continue. Yeah.
1: yeah so uh, yeah, weird dreams. Definitely something that I've been having. I've always had weird dreams, but now I'm having a lot weirder and vivider ones. And Great
2: Awakening is happening.
1: Maybe. Or we're just all really stressed maybe cuz cuz dreams are basically a way to process problems and something really and a lot of a lot of people would say that it's a way for us to process problems and part of the reason that we're having so many weird dreams right now is because this virus is something that's it's invisible. You know, we can't look at a bear and be like ah bear and cuz I you know our brain knows how to process that. Our brain is like ah bear. Hmm. Whereas here it's like ah thing i can't see and so your brain is kind of trying to process that intense fear of something that you can't see by making metaphors for it um the flip side of this is if you're somebody who like say works in a hospital right now your dreams are more likely to be very literal you know they're likely to be dreams about what you did at work that day because it's directly accessing the trauma of covid whereas the three of us are likely to have vague really weird dreams
2: speak for yourself my dreams are always weird
1: <laughs> well, same, yeah. I also... so but have you noticed if your dreams have been more vivid or just
2: might have been weirder? Yes, baby. You know, I've been I was trying to lucid dream before COVID happened.
0: My dreams are pretty vivid, period. sure.
1: Same, but I'm just curious if you've noticed any change in your dreams.
0: No,
2: they're always pretty vivid, regardless.
0: I want oh, that. Should be enough. a whole segment of just hearing Mitchell's dreams. That actually sounds really entertaining. I had I have a whole list of them, actually. <laughs> yeah, I started doing this. I too. want to introduce my brain to some cannabinoids and then like come back 10 minutes later. And I want to hear about Mitchell's dreams because <laughs> that actually sounds. Sounds like a good time. Dude, but all have- these all these points that Celine's bringing up, these, I relate to them all. Uh, for example, a friend and I we went and uh, we woke up one morning, and uh, they put their vans on before their pants,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. And then
0: um, I, I I would have like you know nightmares or like strange dreams every once in a while, but yes, now more often than ever because I feel like to me honestly dreams have always been a way of like this this is you know you you repress so much shit during your day that when you go to sleep mm-hmm. at night, uh, this is your brain's way of kind of like telling. What you've rep- all, everything you've repressed is coming back out at you, and this is your and through through the form of story, and that's what a dream
1: is. Mm-hmm, exactly, like throughout mm-hmm. the day, your your brain is doing the whole fight or, fight or flight thing, so it's just immediately taking any new information and running with it, or just immediately forgetting it. And so when you dream is kind of your your brain's chance to say, okay, so all of that stuff that I didn't have time for in the day, now let's take a look at it, which it's- is resulting in a lot of really odd dreams.
0: Interesting, interesting, and I feel like. With um, the social climate and like our song of the week, do you feel like, h- how do you feel like this is making, p- people who are loners, do you think like they're getting more lonerish now or do you feel like they're wanting to they're wanting more like connection now due to this, I, the social climate with the virus?
1: It's gonna depend a lot on on different people um, and their personalities. I, you know, I keep thinking that I'm doing fine without socializing with different people until I have a work meeting where we, you know, have, have Zoom and so we can see everybody's faces and then I remember how much I miss people. It's, yeah, I I mean, really, it seems like it's all very personal experience. Uh, One thing that seems pretty high across the board is the rise in substance and alcohol use. Um, Actually, millennials are being the hardest hit by this. One in four millennials have reported that they've uh, turned to drinking specifically to battle their intense COVID-related feelings.
0: Oh, man. I mean, it's the most accessible. You could literally go down to the grocery and then boom, we got 40 ounce and some four loco. Yeah.
1: Um, One study I was reading, actually, that's a especially troublesome piece because one study I was reading uh, studied people who had uh, been quarantined due to SARS um, way back when. And those people, um, like 28% um, ended up having PTSD and symptoms of depression. And a lot of people had continuing issues with substance issues that arose in quarantine up to three years after the quarantine ended.
2: This is the most depressing episode we've ever created. This is so depressing. We've reached peak emo. But I
1: think that given that right now the United States is kind of unique in, in our response to COVID because we've kind of just chosen to say, well... We tried nothing else we can do about it. And so, you know, when I read one article um, that quoted a White House staffer who was saying that the official White House line right now is that they just hope that Americans will get used to a certain death toll and just get on as usual. And so right now we're living in this really weird moment where half of us are stressed out and the government is basically saying, well, don't stress so much about (laughs) it. It's fine. Your grandma just might die. And so it's this weird, almost gaslighty thing where you know all of us are having this innate reaction, but the government is basically saying, don't don't have that innate reaction. Just don't worry about it. Go about business as usual. And so I think it's especially important to talk about what's happening to people right now.
0: It really it really is, and I'm glad you've brought these subjects to light because they were not only uh, relatable for me because I understand them that they existed, but thank you for confirming them as you know just natural responses for. Grief, stress, depression, or as Mitchell and I talked about, fight or flight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> without th- your dick, <laughs> literally, <laughs> without without any of any of that subject matter involved. But yeah, but 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 in the terms of uh, how human beings are processing this, and what is it making them want to clamber onto that more? Because how I feel personally was I was I wouldn't say a full a full blown recluse, but what I would call selectively social. Before I had met the gang, um, right, me too. Yes, we're the we're, same. See, we are the same. Exactly. That's why you're brothers. It's like Naruto and Sasuke. Seriously, <laughs> it's like it's I like Vegeta and Goku. I was gonna
2: say, is Naruto worth watching?
0: What is Naruto worth watching? Because that's like the one uh, I haven't. Fuck to the yeah,
2: dude. Naruto right, goes right. hard like, in the MF okay. paint, dude. I have only like seen the first episode, and so there's something. Uh, I tried to get uh, Selena watch Kill a la Kill last night.
1: You succeeded. Uh, what? I did. No-
2: yeah, yeah, they were into it. It was. Uh,
1: <laughs> Look at how I'm I'm Maybe slapping. that's because I'm secretly a horny teenage boy, and okay. I was just like, Mm, boobies."
0: Okay, so I mean, there you, wasn't that much. There boobies. wasn't that much. Studio, not, yeah. <laughs> Studio, Studio Trigger wrote a guy. Uh, 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 oh my God! You broke Alex. What? Uh, you literally. Okay. Reboot. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: So we uh we started last night watching. What did we start watching last night? Uh we started on something else. It was um.
1: Well, you're thinking, yeah, this was night before last night. Whatever, right? it yeah. all runs together, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. quarantine, our day is even a thing anymore.
2: We were watching something, and then I was like, oh, we should try this.
1: Yeah, we were watching was it Arrested, of
2: Development? It was Arrested Development. Arrested yeah. Development, and I was like, yeah. There's this other cool show you might, like." because we were talking about Death Note.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, we're
2: like, talking
0: about death now. And yeah, and I was Yo, like, yeah, yeah. I am so proud. Of, I am so proud of you guys right now. There's a Japanese film group called Studio Trigger, also known as Gainax. They created a coming of age story, which, if you've grown up in the new millennium like me and Mitchell have, you remember watching FLCL. I was Adult gonna swim. say, I
2: told them about that, and I was gonna say the the, the weirdest anime of all time is definitely
0: FLCL. It is and literally. We'll have
2: to watch it. It okay. is
0: literally the millennial amalgamation of sexual tension <laughs> sexual tension puberty coming of age stories yeah. and becoming like like a like a growing up coming of age story which is like the two, which is like the japanese anime equivalent of watching a movie like i don't know like garden state or like freaking like what are what are some good coming of age, like like without a paddle yeah like we would talk about how much we love without a paddle but anyways yes watch kill Lock like hill because that's also really good and i'm actually just like if you, you can't visually see my face right now but i do this thing where like i make like the chris pratt like andy dwyer like shoeshine face where he's like
1: <gasps> yeah <laughs> like the yeah. gif yes yeah
0: proud of you guys. Whoa. Keep 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 showing our our friends good content. Thank you, Mitchell. Yes. And uh, at the, and I guess as as we speedball into it, uh the climate, yo, as I saw saying yeah, I was selectively social. I was selectively social mm-hmm. before covid happened. And then um, I made some changes. I was drinking too much and like losing friends, losing girlfriends, doing stupid shit all the time. And then I realized like, hey, life can be not like this because it took me to it took me losing a lot of stuff to realize Um, This is where the fight or flight response activates. Like me and talked about earlier. For me, the fight or flight response does not kick in until I am literally just an animal back into the fucking corner. And I have to be like, are you more afraid of change or are you more afraid of staying the same motherfucker? And that's when it has that's when the fight or flight response kicks in for me. So, you know, I'll everything yeah. bends before it breaks, you know. And eventually I just started making better changes and like I started being like, hey, I look good. I want to get some nice clothes. I'm gonna start socializing more. I wanna leave my house like instead of drinking alone and like, you know, responsibly, of course, you know, getting Ubers, getting sober rides, and I started being more social and friendly again, going to the nightlife scene, hanging out, meeting other nightclub owners, doing dumb shit, making friends, and then you know, go,
1: man, so co- you need like happen. a conservative concerted effort to to yes. get out yeah. there and meet more yes. people and be social and then COVID was just like <laughs> no it's
0: like joke's on you Alex I
2: think we all just need to sit down and meditate out of this reality <laughs> because yeah. the consciousness wavelength right now is really low and I think if we all just started being more grateful and if we mm-hmm. all if we all just focused on things we were thankful for I, I almost guarantee I like you, that. we yeah. would just immediately raise the vibration of the planet we'd be like hey, look COVID's not a thing anymore what that's not how germs and things work it's just like you know it's a philosophical belief if you get it you get it if you don't do some reading
0: it's been a process and everyone's handling it differently uh i want to go around the horn though uh uh, uh wait actually i um this, uh, I, no I, I apologize that was rude of me uh Celine, Celine, do we have any more important conversation pieces on those, this topic those
1: are the big things yeah no gotcha. i did want to hear a little bit more about personal experiences i know one thing i've been experiencing why
2: are doing <laughs> I, just, I just found out this was a new noise i could make <laughs>
0: Let's let's go around the horn. Celine, Celine and Mitchell. will start with with uh with what Celine. Are, what what how did you, how was life before COVID hit, hit real hard and like really happened? I don't, don't want to talk about COVID anymore. Let's talk about <laughs> that's
1: my topic, dude. Oh, okay. it's the one you suggested. You let's know, talk but about. I'm already tired. Who, now. who looks <laughs> who
0: looks better in a bathing suit? We're gonna post the results online. If you think Mitchell <laughs> looks better in a bathing suit, uh, hit, hit the like button. If you think Celine looks better in a bathing suit, comment bathing suit. Yes. <laughs> We're going to get the results punched in after the show and we'll post them online to see who is this year's summer hot boy. <laughs>
1: yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with moving on from this because you're right. This is definitely the the deepest in our fields we've gotten here. Um, can I just say a few quick things that I was you reading sure far can. as... You have
2: 30 seconds. Go. Okay.
1: Please. Um, I just wanted to cover things that psychiatrists are saying to bear in mind during all of this. Yeah. Um, the first one is keep in mind that all of these weird stress reactions are normal. Like I I know one thing that I've been experiencing a lot of it d- is dissociating feel. and just yeah. feeling and
2: like everything feel is vaguely like not real. Shit. Got it.
1: Yeah. Basically right now. It, like Ooh, We could
2: talk about how to deal with emotions. I got I got words on that.
1: For sure. Yeah. No. And one. So basically psychiatrists recommend um, first of all, just, you know, being easy on yourself, accepting that you're going to be stressed out. Um, little things like make sure that you get some sunshine, uh,
2: vitamin D though.
1: Yeah. And like one thing that I've been making a point (laughs) of since I'm working from home is, um, just on my lunch break, I go take like just one quick stroll around the block, literally just to get a little bit of sunshine and stretch my legs a little bit. So little things like that, you know, get that vitamin D, Um, that
2: vitamin D
1: routine is going to be super important a lot of us are feeling very just lost in the flux of things routine is
2: always important
1: it is yeah everything that they said is basically stuff that's always important but now it's more so yeah so build yourself a routine and into that routine build in virtually connecting with friends make sure that you're doing something to stay connected even if it feels like a chore um, you know, a lot of us are feeling burnt out and stressed out and like, we don't really want to socialize even make yourself do it anyway.
2: That's crazy. All this stuff is like, if you were, you know, never mind, I don't want to comment. I don't want to hurt people's
1: feelings, but continue. Um, those are the big things. Make sure oh. that you're, you're building a routine that works for you. Yeah. That's gentle on you. You don't want to stress yourself out more by being like, ah, I was supposed to work out five times this week and I didn't. But work, build some type of workout into your routine. Build some type of sunshine and socialization into your routine. Those are the things that psychiatrists are saying are the biggest things.
2: Well, Word know, up. You know what they should be doing? This is, this is a shout out at all people. You should be processing these emotions and you should not be fighting these emotions. At the yes. same time, so we, we have uh, constructed this society where we don't deal with negative emotions. Either you're happy or there's something wrong with you and you know people's innate response to dealing with negative emotions are are you okay like to comfort Mm -hmm. and that's a really selfish emotion and and it drives me crazy when people when people someone's feeling something real and then like their closest friends like oh it's okay like to make them feel better it's like it's okay to feel sad it's okay to be depressed it's okay to feel anything other than Absolute joy,
1: and we like that tweet Alex read of uh, the lead singer of uh, of uh, Kayak, Kayak Jones. Yes, yes, yeah. The how are you guys feeling today? Um, I'm not doing well, but that's yeah. okay.
2: Well, I think, and then that's probably this probably ties in right to your topic of like, uh, like depression and suicide and stuff. It's because we foster this society that doesn't allow people to feel bad or sad or anything other than happy right. because it's uh, inconvenience to other people in, in social forms. If you're in a group and you're just like, you know, I'm having a really bad day, instantly you're this quote unquote, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're the this, downer. you're the downer, you're the sore thumb, you're the wet blanket. The buzzkill. Yeah, the buzzkill. Yeah, dude. Like you can't exist in a society as a sad person. And there are like small niches like sad rap and stuff that like have acknowledged this, but like on the general thing, the reason that like depression's so high is because we don't have this healing nature to, like, let people be sad. And be like, you know what? Hey, like, let's hang out. You be sad, and I'm going to let you be sad, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and force... And I'm not going to try and control you into a better emotion because it makes me uncomfortable to be around you or you or whoever when yeah. you feel sad.
1: I mean, you sat and sat Thank with me so when much, I was having Thank you so much, Mitchell. A, Thank
2: you, man. Appreciate
1: it. Like, last week, I had one of the That's worst mental right health, health days I've had in, honestly, like, at, at least a year. Um, I was just like catatonically depressed, like I couldn't focus, like we were watching TV and I couldn't focus on the television because it just took too much work to walk, watch TV. I was just staring into midspace. Um, and Mitchell just sat with me the entire time, even though I'm sure I was not the life of the party by any stretch. You know, Mitchell didn't try to tell me to like stop acting like a sad sack or to feel differently. He just sat there and let me be sad. And we both just accepted that, that was how I was in that moment. And I, that was really, really powerful to be able to just Sit with somebody and share, you know, share what I'm feeling and not have it try to be fixed.
0: Thank you so much. That literally just put a light bulb in my head. Like, you Norma- guys...
2: Normalized don't-fixing
0: people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for saying it. Thank you, guys. That just... I literally just, like, solved my own, like, Scooby-Doo mystery in my brain. Already? <laughs> like... <laughs> how, how many podcast hosts does it take to, to screw in a, a light bulb in Alex's brain? Thank you for saying that. It's okay to be not, not be okay. And I, I realized that. Thank you for clarifying that because I realized, like... Like my own adventures in my own life, how do I attack certain things and issues? Thank you for for you, I feel like you guys really just brought that to to the headline. You you put that on the marquee for me, and <laughs> I'm, thank you, I'm glad. and thank you for making it feel normal and making it feel okay, and that really just made me feel cool. I wish the rest of the universe was more like my friends Mitchell and. Celine.
1: Yeah, if I if I could hope for one thing for everybody in the world in the next week, it's that you have a real, honest, open, and vulnerable conversation with someone you trust. Just get these emotions out.
0: Whoa. It's okay to be Especially candid. because
1: now we know for a fact that 50% of Americans feel like shit right now. So chances are- ha- And it's
2: not the hangover. <laughs> chances
1: are if you walk up to any random person, there's a 50-50 chance if you say, I'm really fucked up right now. Like, I'm really fucking sad. There's a 50-50 chance this person will say, oh my God, me too. Thank you so much for sharing. So right now is That's really the time to be vulnerable. Point. I not thought of
2: that. I was like, "Shit, you're right."
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. Like if now, if there ever was a time to share your vulnerabilities, it now is the time because a lot of people can relate.
2: Uh, this is the time. You know, we're living in the the. This is the the, the moment you know, that I think a lot of sad music is about to happen. I think a lot of artists are going to become extremely inspired by the sadness on the planet. I think we're going to have some great music coming in the next couple of years. I've already heard
1: a few great songs that reference quarantine. Yeah. There's a new 21 Pilots song out that slaps. Yeah.
0: I'm working on an acoustic song. Oh,
1: we got to
2: feature some Alex stuff on here.
0: It'll be coming soon. Marchewski Jones. Uh, He, he, (laughs) he. His stage name. Oh my goodness. I was thinking like, just, just, oh my goodness. Stage names are hard. (laughs) Stage names are hard. Stage names are hard. Band names are hard, which is how you end up with, with Kayak Jones of all band names.
2: (laughs) Oh God, that's (laughs) (laughs) why. See, subconsciously got in there. I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) Marchewski Jones. Like
0: you could name, you and your boys. Didn't even see that. Like you. You and, you and Celine and, and your roommates could start a band tomorrow and call it like Kickflip Jones. Yeah. And that, was, that sounds like a cool fucking band you'd go yeah. fuck with. You know what I, I mean? I can't Kickflip anymore, by the way. I found that out today. Oosh, <laughs> oosh. But if you can balance, let's, I wonder, can you, all eat, I, can you all eat the tenster? Can you eat the tenster? Not anymore. Can can you ollie a pet
2: cat? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, I was able to get all four wheels off the ground today, so I'm calling
0: it a win. But. I think the best thing, if anything, you know, dude, who cares about cool tricks and shit? Dude, at least you're freaking, you're doing something and you're like, you're getting your heart rate up. And yeah, I was, I was getting kind of sweaty. skateboarding is a workout. I was getting kind of sweaty down there. Skateboarding's a bigger workout than some people think, actually. Can confirm. Yeah. I have
1: never skateboarded before. And wow, it's so much harder than I thought it was.
2: Yeah, you're out of breath in like three minutes. I
1: know, it's It's absolutely shameful. It's great
2: cardio. It's good for your core. You have to balance on one foot. You know, you look like a flamingo if you're doing it right. You know, you're kind of like, okay, anyways. Uh, I think uh, we need to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to bring you... The nostalgia
0: piece coming right, at you get with this nostalgia wholesomeness
1: trip. After all that sad,
0: let's get into some wholesomeness. It's okay if you get lost, as long as you find your way home. We're going to be talking about this 1993 animal pet movie, so make sure you you wipe your paws and uh,
1: what a (laughs)
2: contrast
1: oh my god we just fucking I I don't think we could have done this better yeah sad song really sad topic puppies
0: we're going from raw and declawed to nothing but feels and fluff (laughs) stay tuned for our nostalgia trip
2: Uh, how about now? There we go. Yeah. So that that's we're back. Uh, that was our quick commercial break. We're back today. We're bringing you a fun segment, a movie a clip
0: of the week, nostalgia trip. Nostalgia trip. Let's see. Put on your buzz, your best Hunter S. Thompson. Let's hop in the vintage car and roll it back to 1993. Coming this fall. <laughs> So
2: to this week, we decided to pick a Homeward Bound, and it's the lovely story of a young family and their three courageous pets, Sassy, Chance, and Shadow. Shadow, Shadow, Shadow. that was the name of my dog growing
1: yeah. up. <laughs> As opposed to the original version, which had a dog named Luoth.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we decided to go. Yeah, I did. And yeah. so that, yeah, that's the theme for it. Uh, it, we, to be honest, like last week I had mentioned something that I said, I just really wanted to talk about dogs. And then like this movie growing up was like when I was a kid, kid, like when I was like six or seven, like this was one of my, I think my favorite movies and not like not, they didn't continue to be, but, uh, so I, I thought this would be a good nostalgia trip. We went back, we watched it the other night. It's actually from the Digi- Disney original, back from 1970 or what? 73 or something. Yeah, called the incredible journey and it's much weirder. It's what? More, yeah, it's yeah, the incredible. I
1: also loved it, but it's weird. <laughs>
2: so Disney rehashed material from the 70s? Oh, yeah, exactly. They so they made it and the originals got like the same three basic characters there, the three the two dogs and the cat. And in the original, uh, the, the incredible journey they have, it's like, instead of having dogs with personalities or animals, there's a narrator. It's very national geographic. Oh, (laughs) it's very interesting. It's, but I love old movies. Like I feel like that, that could be its own segment is like Mm -hmm. really old movies that were made before we were born. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah. And so like, I've got
1: a contribution for that.
2: It's so good. Yeah. And so like the, I love the old acting and how simple it is and it's not over the top. And like, they're always so simple and so racist mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. so are you talking about the uh, original original or yeah the, yeah, the original okay, yeah
2: not not home or bad we'll we'll, we'll segue back into that but the I, also I, just
1: the 70s version had like so many weird accents like yeah. there was this one uh norwegian farmer who finds the cat at one point yeah. and he's like singing norwegian lullabies and then there's another random irish <laughs> dude who's like Oh, settle down, Lottie.
2: Yeah. It's really weird. It's, they're so weird. And then
1: if they don't have a weird, like other country accent, um, they just have like the standard, like transatlantic 1940s accent where it's like, say, where'd you put the nail clippers, son? That type of accent. Yeah. It's all very fun. Great
0: great job. you are I didn't, I didn't know Celine had that much range. Holy shit. <laughs> freaking, yeah. and, then, and then pet movies in general are just freaking weird. Animal movies. Yeah. There were a lot of these in the 90s. Why were there so many animal movies in the
2: 90s, Mitch? I think it was really popular. It was like one of the few films that uh, kids... And, and like, you know, Hollywood had only been around for so long. Like They went from black and white and silent films. And when they started finally doing color, they really didn't have... Like a platform, like they are—they had a platform that they were building. They didn't have a formula like they do today, you know, like mm. action adventure. And so, like all movies that were being made... was this
0: straight to VHS or
2: straight to DVD? Incredible Journey. I have no idea. I know Homeward Bound. Homeward was, Bound. Homeward Bound was in theaters for sure. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Thank definitely. Uh, and so the original was like it's—it's it's got this narrator doing all the basically all the fun parts of Homeward Bound. There's this narrator be like the. The cat and the dog went down to the river. Unbeknownst to them, they found themselves in a heap of trouble. And
1: then, <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and then it's
2: just like this, like weirdness. Like you know
1: how, like in art, you're you're told always to to show, don't tell.
2: Yeah. Oh. This oh. movie
1: was like, so it's it's tell, don't show. Yeah. right?
2: Yeah. The entire movie is just <laughs> narration followed by a camera that let these animals wildly wander into and also with neglect
1: yeah very concerning uh treatment of the animals in that one
2: in the original so kudos to the uh upgrade that they did 1993 homeward bound the film that brought me to tears twice last night uh during i mean again i was was kind of hamming it up trying to because lynn couldn't remember the, the storyline and so like I kind of oh hand- I've never seen it oh yeah exactly so yeah they hadn't seen it and so I was kind of hamming it up when like Sassy's like drowning in the river and I was just like mm. and that there Here goes is- Sassy well, that's the end of no! Sassy this- yeah
1: no asshole. <laughs> Of a fiance of mine, such a good actor. Actually, let me believe that one of the dogs was actually going to die. Oh my! Freaking like gosh. when the when the cat went in the river, I was like, okay, it's a Disney movie, and it's halfway through, they're going to find the cat. Mm-hmm. But then when the there's a, a sad bit with a dog near the end, Mitchell yep. had me straight believing that that dog was not going to make it, and I was so mad.
0: Yeah. So, so for those of you who don't who don't know the the gang here at the podcast, <laughs> Mitch, uh, Mitchell Herring has a super super soft spot for uh for all canids. And uh, myself, Alexander, I, I have a super super soft spot for uh, any any Persian or Siamese looking cats. Yeah, and uh, and, and, and oh, I
1: didn't know that about you.
0: Most definitely, and also, and then and then, uh, Celine has never seen the film, so so they were they were caught off guard when yeah. shit went down. It
1: was so fun. I Ex- kind of thought that it was going to be just a. You know, fun kids movie, but it was, I was genuinely really rooting for all the characters and got very involved with the plot line. It's Michael, a good movie. Michael
2: J. Fox, before he was in... Oh, you, shit. Yeah, Michael Whoa. J. Fox, before he was in uh, Back to the Future, he was Chance, the mutt uh, pitbull in, in this movie, <laughs> and we were talking about the difference of dog choices between the old one and the new one, because the old one had, like, zero personality, and they did a great job, A, with training and filming... When it came to like oh. portraying the animals with emotion and also picking uh, the actors who had to have done improv, like mm-hmm. during, cause they had the film, right? And so they're filming it with like a script and they're like, all right, so Sassy's gonna say this, and but like, You know that's
1: not exactly. The animals didn't always behave with what the script said. Yeah,
2: and oh shit. (laughs) So you have have to kind of go back and realize that the like Michael J. Fox is behind the microphone watching the film without audio and having to kind of like improv or like uh, critique these lines to make the dog have even more emotion. And there's a ton of it. Like I was super after. Interesting. Interesting. It it doesn't feel like it because it is kind of goofy. But like the first scene where he's tearing apart the uh, the. He's tearing apart the dress, and and uh, Sassy comes in. And he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm, t- it's dead. Leave it alone." He's like, i I know it's dead, but I gotta make sure I tear it to shreds." And then he looks up, and he's like, swallowed. <laughs> yeah, "I swallowed a button." Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like like that
2: had to have been improv, right? And
1: exactly. It, you can't script that. Yeah, it's,
2: it's just like because because the dog Damn. on screen looks up and he kind of like licks his chops and goes. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I like mad kudos to them cuz this movie 1993 it, dog movies like this or animal movies like this with with narrated voiceover hadn't really been done before and so there's a giant leap Ooh, uh, on okay. their part Very cool. to to take a risk on this movie and, and do something that hadn't been done, but really could have been really, really lame. Like there are a couple of parts in the movie where I'm just thinking,
0: like this could have been terrible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, so they did the best they had with what they had, essentially. Yeah, and they,
1: they did a co- damn good
0: job, and they made and a they really, delivered.
2: Yeah, it made a really good movie in the at the end of it. So kudos to them.
1: And it was fun not having any CGI. Like I've. Just- Uh, Yep. We watched this movie a few months ago called Alpha. That's about (coughs) the like first domesticated wolf, like the first pupper.
2: Yep. Oh.
1: And uh, we were curious because the dog looks really real in a lot of it, but then there's a couple moments where the dog is just like it just looks kind of off. Yeah. And so they did use a real dog in that movie, but there were things that they had to CGI. Um, actually, one thing that's adorable is that dogs that um, are supposed to be like acting aggressive or intense in movies, they almost always have to CGI their tail Yeah, because oh. they're just so excited to be doing a good job and have their humans be proud of them that they always wag their tail even when they're supposed to be like. Rrr.
0: Wait, so how do, how, what do they employ to make the, the dog look vicious or angry or on attack mode? Mitchell, do you know? Celine, do you know? Do you, I don't. What's your, what's your question? So like, like, like a normal actor, it's, yeah. oh, it's like you could just tell them like act, act pissed for this scene because yeah. someone just mm. killed your parents or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. But what do they do for the dog? So with
2: animals you can train them to do pretty much anything on command uh like with if you had a you can train the dog to 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 bark and to uh, growl. And, yeah and growl and and uh you know what I mean like those are those are all commands that can be taught through like really dedicated training so, so it's just like acting from but yeah, for the dog yeah it's it's really intense but for the animals it's you know it's just learning a command and, and learning what they want to do so yeah they can do that but yeah to Celine's point uh, the the movie alpha had cgi in it and it's just kind of corny at certain points and yeah
1: so, it's because they use a real dog for most of it. Yeah. So the parts that they cgi it just looks uncanny and weird and
2: that was one of the things that kept me from smoking weed and watching movies <laughs> <laughs> seriously no because when i watch movie stone like the entire illusion is shattered like every detail like because you know i have like hyper you like, hyper yeah dude i have like adhd like gives me this weird hyper brain for analytics. And so movies like that, like I'll be watching it and I'll just be like that, you know, like the tail wagging thing, like, you know, this dog, the narration's like, I'm an angry dog. And then he's sitting there going, "Ah, ah, ah," wagging his tail. And I'm just like, this dog is clearly not mad at all. And so like, I just can't do that. And
1: especially a movie like that for you, since you particularly know so much about dog behavior.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, like that movie would have been really fucking weird. That's like me getting drunk before watching going to a haunted house. It's like it's a dude in a mask, relax a yeah. mask. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so like the voiceovers were are, are they they maintain a level, uh, if you're if you're just in a enjoy chill state of mind but over hyper analysis the movie would be fucking weird as shit just watching michael j fox talk over what a dog is doing on camera just would blow my mind but uh, mm-hmm. just you know having a having a beer and, and hanging back and being nostalgic yeah it was a really fun movie Shadow is also the voice casting too, so they Mm -hmm. pick dogs with way more facial expression in the cast. Uh, That's a great question. So I I, the sassy sassy. Okay, hold on, let me back up real quick because they sassy is actually like a famous
0: actor. Um, Homered bound actors. I'm really glad that they had, you know, actors employ the right match because whereas, you know, in today's world, you know, for those of us who are, for those of the fans who are it's listening in Las Vegas, we, we actually have all all the all the werewolves from Twilight actually live next door. They they filmed Twilight in Oregon and I have the entire mm-hmm. wolf pack. They actually live down the street at a uh, front house. So the original, one of the original actors, so I did a skate video
2: and uh, Straight up, the guy from Twilight used to go down to the Salem Skate Park. What? Yeah, the when oh, he, was, cool. he was in the first one. He was... Uh, one of them's the Salem local? Yeah, dude. Uh, really mean. People were really mean to him. They called him Pocahontas. So, Ooh, yeah. that's lame. Yeah. Uh, but no, no. That's he rude. So in the one of the scenes where they first meet Jacob, uh, he's one of the brothers in the background. Word. And I don't think he has any lines, but they didn't recast him, but he was in the first Twilight, for Whoa, sure. Yeah, damn. and so we actually have him on camera and... Uh, on one of the videos I made for one of my skate videos because we ran into him at the hospital after my friend uh, Devin smashed his face and and we had to take him to the ER. We ran up to him in the ER. Uh it was a weird it was a weird day. Uh but no Cat so Sally Fields. Sally Fields. Uh, plays sassy. Uh Michael J Fox plays uh Chance and then Don uh Ameche plays uh Shadow. Don
0: Amechi? Don Amechi. Oh okay, right on, right on, right on. Do you know who that is? The the names it's it's freaking because uh, he was in like one of the Batman like cartoon movies. The name like fucking bangs in my head like a hammer. I think with these '90s pet movies though, it's like you had to employ the right people. So I feel like they would you say that they did like a like the the C, the the CA did like a ten out of ten job casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine getting like Liam Neeson to like be in this role. It's like okay, Liam Neeson, you're gonna play a. Uh, a, a, a Bernie's mountain dog, and we need you to get in character and go. And I, right. s- I, just imagine like Liam Neeson like in the audio booth, just looking like, what the fuck am I doing? Here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sally Fields
2: was the uh, Robin Williams' wife in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, oh,
1: so the mom and Mrs. Okay. Doubtfire.
2: That Sally Fields, yeah. So um, they, again, 19- that's weird
1: to imagine her. Is yeah. yeah. it Michael J. Cat. Fox,
2: Marty McFly, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire's uh, wife? I mean, yeah, it's a really interesting cast, but. They did a great job casting the characters that uh, reflected the animals kind of like overall. Like Michael J. Fox did super good with like chances like goofy, lighthearted, you know, boxer, boxeress, it was not you know, a pit bull, yeah. but whatever. Um, you know, he's a mangy mutt. But yeah, the the dialogue's super good and the banter's super good. So and, and you know they had to have done that, like they could they if they if they did it in the same room, they still would have had to be watching mm-hmm. the pre-film stuff. And be again improving together over the scene, like when uh, when uh, sassy's biting his lip because he gets the mm-hmm. the porcupine spine. Oh god. And, and she's yes. like, let me help. And she the, the cat is just pulling on his lip and like right. just ah. missing the spines. Like I love that scene. <laughs> right yeah, the, that was good. Yeah, right in the childhood. Dude is oh. so cute. She's like <laughs> and he's like, You're not helping. <laughs> oh, you're just making it worse. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Homeward bound, incredible journey.
1: So, it was so good. I you know, it was such a good like easy movie because you pretty well predict everything. like, yeah, you know that they're gonna get home at the end because it's a, a cheesy Disney movie. But they did such a good job of even the the like really the parts where it was like, okay, well, obviously this is all going to work out. They still did a really good job of having you on the edge of your seat, but like what what if Sassy doesn't get out of the river?
0: yeah
2: that that scene with with uh, shadow in the who's he just gives up hope that that's that hurt that hurts yeah he, he just uh, he straight says chance he's like it's time for you to learn to let go and it's just like whoa it shadow all over again shadow. god damn it I didn't know that dog was the Sith Lord I yeah <laughs> Or, or the again, if we're just like the scene where uh, he's trying to catch a fish, and then Chance sees the uh, the mountain lion, and he's just like shadow, 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 shadow. It's like what pop? It's a big, big cat. He's like, I don't say anything, and then he's like going back underwater. (laughs) I love
0: that. that, Anyways, nostalgia trip. Nostalgia trip has been brought to you by iHeartRadio and AudibleTrial.com forward slash March. Anyone read any good or listen to any good audiobooks this week? Um, hey. Yeah, you should check out The Alchemist.
2: Uh, probably one of the greatest audiobooks ever. Uh, it's actually narrated by the voice of Scar from The Lion King. Um, does that blow your Alex mind? Alex
0: Skarsgård from The Lion King? Yeah. Did, oh my gosh, sweet.
2: Oh, yeah. oh that's a Skarsgård? <laughs> Alex Skars? you Really? Okay. Well, check this out. Who narrated The Alchemist? Have you guys not read The Alchemist?
1: I've not.
0: Hi, I'm Alex. I'm 28, and I never learned how to read.
2: Uh, let's see. Narrated his... Who narrates The Alchemist? Lloyd Cher?
0: Oh, maybe I'm wrong. One right. more uh, final thought piece. I might have done this before. I think I've done this before, mm. where it's
2: not the voice of Scar.
0: And, w- and one more thought piece on 90s pet movies before we wrap up our nostalgia trip. Yes. As we explore more content, um, while Mitchell is uh, looking up the facts, one thing, what's everyone's biggest takeaway going around the horn? What's everyone's biggest takeaway from like these older like pet movies that are supposed to entertain like young kids? One thing I always thought was funny was like, if there's ever like one character is like a dog or a cat or, or some kind of mammal critter, they see like a love interest Critter and the love interest critter always has to have like a pink bow or a pink collar, so you know that that's like the like the. Let's <laughs> show like oh that's the girl dog oh wait they're gonna bang later, it's always like one of those things. Do you guys have any like big takeaways from like those nineties movies? <laughs> Nothing
1: that profound. Um, I just,
0: it's it's
1: so easy to buy into the narratives in those movies because it's animals and we all love animals. And so it's just so easy to, you know, I feel like when we watch a a movie about like a kid doing anything that they thought possible, like that's really cool. But like, it's a little easy to get like wrapped up in the, oops, I forgot to suspend my disbelief sometimes. Whereas these movies, it's just like anything can happen because they're animals and we love dogs. And so of course they would be courageous and tough and it's just so easy to like impose human emotions and motives and goals onto them and just make it all work out so happily.
0: I, I like where your head's at cuz I fucking love animals. I most most days more than people funny enough and it really it really is just cuz like I feel like uh, there's there's so they're innocent they're innocent and then you know but much like you know how people are raised you know outside climate and uh just different factors can influence that but these like these hollywood pets do you think most of them have it pretty good just kidding it is scar it is
2: <laughs> it is scar. jeremy irons jeremy irons and that it, yeah jeremy irons scar also narrates the audiobook of uh, the alchemist when i listened to it over 10 times anyway sorry brought to you by
0: audible forward slash audible forward slash march You've heard it here first. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. We have talked about all kinds of different topics. We hope that you have felt fun, feels, and facts, and all kinds of other stuff. Contributions brought to you by Celine Sanis Pond, Mitchell Herring, and myself, Alexander Martryski. It is with a great pleasure I introduce the final segment of the podcast this week. We hope you all had a nice, fun weekend, and we're going to talk about this week's Marchewski's brewski right Uh, after this commercial break. Heard from the from the. (laughs) Yeah. I don't hate anything. Can hate the strong words. Hate the strong <laughs> words. We
2: don't use hate. We don't use hate. Strongly disagree. We're back. Uh, AudibleTrial.com forward slash March. If you want to support us or something like that, we don't know anymore. We just kind of go with the flow. You call us a river because we go only one way, and that is down. How do you feel about that? Marchewski's nice. Brewski, the segment y'all have been waiting for. Today we cover Boneyard RPM. It's local. It tastes pretty good. You can get it pretty much
0: anywhere. Alex, take it away. Hey, I hope you get your bones in order after a long day at the river because Boneyard RPM is going to freaking jack up the freaking car engine thing to a point where it's like, holy heck car engine thing is moving fast. The meter that was once in the middle <laughs> is now absent and is actually somewhere off the chart because this beer is actually really freaking good and it's really fucking popular. Seriously, Barnard RPM like, holds the pedigree for being a really good fucking IPA. Uh, there's a reason why it's earned such a good place in a lot of local restaurants, especially a lot of AAA restaurants like your Applebee's, like your fucking uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, like your Red Lobster, where like, I'll occasionally go to the Red Lobster uh, and I'll actually order a meal and the mm-hmm. manager will be like, oh, well, hey, it's the, it's, the, it's the Alex kid. It's the Alex kid. And then I'm like, can I please have the manager discount? He's like, listen, you know you're not supposed to be asking for that. He's like, can I please have the manager discount? And we'll, we'll argue back and forth for a few minutes. I'll, I'll eat the meal. And I'll, I'll leave like a really good gratuity for the server. And then when I look at the receipt, there is a good 10% off. Fuck you, Alex, in, in writing on the receipt. <laughs> And that's how I like to stick it to the man. This, just like this beer sticks it to your fucking taste buds. This is an India pale ale straight up from Boneyard Brewing. Uh, it's going to have a bit of a composition that reminds you of a Northwest IPA. It's going to be very, very uh, floral. It's going to be floral. Um, it really just goes good with anything. Uh, you know, whether you're someone like me who has a crazy taste palate, who will eat peanut butter with steak and milk. And ice cream. And ice cream. Well, that
1: makes sense.
0: But if you're uh, maybe someone like uh, uh, Celine, as a vegetarian, how do you attack the spear and what do you pair the spear with because you're vegetarian? Oh,
1: uh, I finished mine already. Celine's Steven. better than us because Made they're vegetarian. <laughs> Bend,
0: Oregon.
2: Just FYI, Bend, Oregon, one of my favorite places. It's cold, it's quiet, it's away from things. Uh, up until recently, they didn't even have a Dutch Bros or like, you know what I mean? They only had like sisters brewing what? or sisters coffee. Yeah, dude. Like Bend, Oregon for a really long time had not a lot going on other than it was Bend, Oregon. It was a great hmm. retreat. So very like locals only kind of. Vibe. It was. Yeah. It was Whoa. super locals. Like it was basically a ski trip. Like, you know, like, tr- like there were people who lived in Bend and they were, uh, flannel wearing, uh, axe yielding mountain men. Who uh, loved being cold and loved being away and loved hunting and fishing, and then like over the couple last couple years, uh, probably last ten years, they've really made it more accommodating for tourists because you know they're trying to keep their economy afloat. But a-
0: AKA California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Bend is
2: like no, even now, like if you go to Bend, it's super low key, and they've got like a lot of fun things to do. And again, it's not; it's still not crowded, and it's it's so nice in the winter because it's not. Wet and and mushy. It's it's like cold and because it's a higher elevation. Like you can go road trip, it, yeah, 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 road no, trip, no, dude. I've spent a lot of winters in Bend and it's great. It's so nice. Or some even mm-hmm. summers in Bend are nice. Like it's it it stays dry. So summers
1: in Bend kind of stress me out because it reminds me of Arizona since it's a high gonna, desert. Yeah, I was gonna say technically. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
2: technically Bend is a high desert and it's amazing though. It's great. It's so comfortable. It it's the, the temperature, the weather, uh, everybody's nice, and I, I love Bend. So I, I'm super excited. Because Boneyard is from Ben, so
0: hell yeah! Did, did you were you able? To, I know you're an outdoors guy, and we as we've seen with you know you know did your, you <laughs> open my beer? Yes,
1: yeah, so I could take a sip. <laughs> Why did you think I grabbed it from you?
0: I thought you wanted to read the label.
1: You know I don't read. You know I can't read. Anyways, Cup, cup
0: Mitch, Mitchell Herring, also known as cup Grills in some circles, is really the outdoorsy type more than you know. Mitchell, can you talk about your uh, your trip on the Rogue River in, oh. in brevity, maybe? Would you like to share? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um I could not fucking believe this when he told me this. Oh, yeah, we went
2: uh camping a bunch of family members. Well, I guess like the McVays, the uh, extended my extended family. We all went um we got tickets, I guess. They they put their names in the lottery and got picked and so they uh they packed up and we got like uh, fifteen people, ten to fifteen people, three giant inflatable rafts, uh, inflatable kayak, and we ventured down on a three to four day journey down the Rogue River. No, is it Rogue?
0: He's the Rogue River. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. always the Rogue River. Yeah, yeah. This is a multi-day thing, right? yeah. yeah okay,
2: so you got to pack literally everything for all four days on the three rafts and then so like you know you got somebody like manning the lifeboat and you got like two or three people in the lifeboat with all the supplies and you're just going down the Rogue River man and so you do that and you know you, you raft as much as you can and you just go through this miles and miles of river and terrain and it's super fucking fun and then you gotta you know shore off and uh, unpack the raft and tie up the raft or not in that order Otherwise <laughs> you lose shit uh, <laughs> uh, you gotta camp for the night so you gotta you know pitch a tent you gotta get your shit out and then you gotta get like the, the cooler and the groceries and you gotta start a campfire and then you know you gotta cook dinner that for everybody That's
1: really fun I'd love to do that
2: then you gotta pack everything up and then put it back on the fucking raft <laughs> repeat. and then you gotta get back on the river and you just you know some hillbilly uh, banjo stuff you're just back on the river uh, and then you do the same thing for two or three nights man
0: so when you're having these river voyages like this is, is the boneyard rpm something you bring on your trip Mitchell I was 19 sir the only thing I
2: was drinking was red line and monster
0: ah dude <laughs> red line goes red, red line just became bang but oh my god <laughs> yeah uh, I, uh, you know, it's problem. I was, I was,
2: a, I, I would literally be drinking, I would drink two red line and like I brought like enough. yeah, dude. I was like, I had a huge problem with caffeine. I, that's, that sounds like me. It like was, right I was now, fine too. So. That's the craziest part is I would drink two red lines and I would be totally fine. Like unaffected by it. And you're like, you're only supposed to drink half <laughs> and dude, I was just yep. like, yep. And I was mm-hmm. like, caffeine addict man, which later turned into a much more serious problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, Ni- yeah, niacin and, and COQ10, baby, all fucking day long. Seriously. And when it comes to, you know, whether you're fucking ripping it through the river on the Rogue River on a multi-day voyage, having a road trip to Bend, Oregon, or simply sitting in your room at night, uh, Boneyard RPM wastes no bullets when it comes to pumping your brain full of that good 6.5 alcohol percentage we know and like here, uh, trying to keep up with the rest of the gang and their their love for IPAs. It's a challenge <laughs> that is usually met with either, it's a two-to-one bet. It's either like, heck a yeah, freaking let's do some crazy shit or it's like <sharp inhale> but boneyard rpm has found shit. a good balance in the middle for me because it has a good taste the flavor is reputable but it doesn't overdo it in any category it
1: doesn't actually taste that it's like lighter
2: than an ip it's light
1: yeah it's a it's a good light ipa you could, yeah
2: you could get away with not calling it an ipa be like yeah it's It's a Western lager. Yeah. (laughs) It it comes from Idaho. It's a lager. Here you go.
1: This one's always just going to have a special place in my heart since I serve it at Brownstown.
2: Yeah. And
1: Mitchell and I went on most of our first dates at Browns. And so we were just drinking a lot of RPM uh, when we first got together. And so like literally like my first swig of this beer, I like felt like I was in Brownstown. And wished that I was reaching for a Brownstown french fry.
0: A good beverage will do that for you.
2: <laughs> uh, step through. The of taste it. of nostalgia. Do you ever want to feel loved? Do you want to feel the warm embrace? Bring yourself down to Brownstown. Have yourself a Boneyard
0: and feel the love. Boneyard, Boneyard Brewery will do that. That is their mission statement. They will summon feelings from, from your past that only you selectively want. It's kind of like a, a rendition of like your favorite song or play brought to you only in a way that you can understand it. Thank you, Boneyard, for doing this. This is, this is like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, but beer.
2: I love that movie. I
0: love you, Boneyard. Oh, I movie. give the Boneyard RPM. flipped kayaks (laughs) out of 10. (laughs) That's an 8.83, which might be one of the higher rated beers on our program. Thank you for joining us for Marchewski's brewskis. That's right. He's Alex Marchewski. He's going to have his Brewski and then come with the summertime. We're all going to get a little Wisniewski.
1: Oh, like my, I had a boyfriend whose last name was Waznewski.
0: Wait, wait, did his did his, I'll, kill
1: him. Let's, I'll let's kill him. I'll kill his ass. I'll kill him. I will find him.
0: <laughs> Does he play football for the Eagles? No. Okay, ask ask. Don't talk to your ex boyfriend. Never mind. Anyways, Boneyard RPM guys, thank you so much for joining us on the March and Mitch show featuring Celine. Go listen to Kayak Jones. Check out The Alchemist. On, that's a the the Audible. Trial.com forward slash March. Listen to the alchemist on audible. Uh, Thank you. I heart radio for uh, putting on for us. This has been a huge, huge opportunity and a big, big milestone for the gang here. Um, Everyone be safe out there. Be good to yourselves. Be good to your friends. Be good to your brothers. Be good to your sisters. And at the end of the day, it is okay to feel the way that you feel. And it, and no, no matter who wants to tell you how to live your life, be good unto yourself for you. Because at the end of the day, you always got to be looking out for number one. That's the March and Mitch Show. Thank you guys, signing off.